0: This is Greener Grass, a podcast. We are your hosts, Carrie Wee and Kelly McVeigh, now part of the Digitant family of podcasts. How are you guys doing? Wonderful to have you. We hope that you had an amazing Thanksgiving with your friends and family out there. And um, we want to bring you this amazing woman. Today, we have Kirby Miller. She is in the Nashville area. She is the author of a book called Nourish a Guide to Coming Home to Yourself. And the founder of Kinemi Kitchen. So, Kelly has an amazing talk with her. Can't wait for you guys to get to know her. Let's get started.
1: So, hello, everyone. It's Kelly McVeigh with Greener Grass, and I'm doing this one solo today. Um, But, Carrie and I were very, very excited to have Kirby Miller on. And I love to tell you that I, you know, I know you all follow, I travel a lot. I recently went to Nashville to a woman's Tennessee connect it was amazing and it was amazing day of really um, connecting, doing just that, connecting with some really incredible women who shared a little bit of their past, how they've grown in business. But I think also in that there's always incredible personal development. And the day started off with an incredible speaker and it was Kirby. And, you know, she, um, I love energy. I love people, what they bring to the room. And she just really level set us at the very beginning of the day. And I think in a way kind of made us like look inward why we were there. She set us up for the day. And so I got the chance to to run up and chat with her, you know, in a stalkerish kind of way, greener grass listeners for you. I was stalking her. And um, she recently just released a book. Um, And then really diving in, she has an incredible journey. And I love that one of her words that she really flows with in life, even if you follow her on Instagram, I'd love for you to follow her because she does inspirational things constantly in, in everything she does, but she talks about the word nourish, which is the title of her book, but really um, she has a love of cooking and she does some immer- immersive cooking experiences, so i love for her to talk about that as well. But the word nourish in general, that it's not just about nourishing our bodies, but nourishing our souls. And that's really how our day started off with her. And she opened us all up to be ready for the day and be ready to nourish our souls, nourish nourish our minds with what everyone brought to the table. So Kirby, welcome to Greener Grass.
2: Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
1: I am so excited to have you. And so I was reading that you grew up in Michigan. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'd love for you to just start off by telling us a little bit about yourself.
2: Yeah, so I'll take you on the condensed version. So I am originally from Michigan, but have lived in Nashville for a very long time. Initially moved to Nashville to go to college and thought, oh, I'll be here for a little bit and then move on, but decided to put some roots down. And that's turned out to be a really great decision. Uh, but initially, when I came to Nashville, I came here to study biology and chemistry. So that's what my background is in, that's what my degrees are in, because I always had a love for science, figuring out the why, and healthcare. And so I had worked in healthcare since I was 16 and had these notions of becoming this physician. And so I moved to Nashville, graduated with honors, and decided to take a year to work in research. And I'll take you on kind of the high-level path, but it all comes back around full circle. But while I was working in research at one of the best institutions here in Nashville, and really in the region, I started to observe some things that weren't quite in alignment with what I knew my life path was meant to be. And so if anyone is listening and has dedicated their lives to a certain path, but then you get this inkling that perhaps that's no longer the path, and there's a certain grief and mourning that comes with that. I stand in solidarity with you. That's kind of what happened to me at that point. I was able to excel academically and excel in that that realm, but then when I started to observe the physicians and specifically the female physicians, one thing appeared. And again, I'm only going to speak from my point of view. It appeared that they lacked options. Yes. And I am a person who loves options. I am a healthy blend of analytical and wildly creative. And what I'd hoped to garner from that experience, I, I got so much more. Many of them talked about the crushing debt and the hours and all of these things that to me it kind of felt like my airway was constricted as I was in that experience. So then I went on to pursue a master's level degree in healthcare informatics because I was still dedicated to the healthcare field and like again, people and uh, understanding how to help them was still at my core. And right. then I went on to get recruited to a software company in the healthcare realm, traveled all over, got to do a lot in that space, but all the while. I was still connecting people in a variety of different ways. And that started back when I was a kid. I used to cook and bake cakes and gather people. It was kind of funny. I started cooking when I was five and I sometimes questioned my mom's parenting skills, <laughs> uh, but I was a pretty determined little kid. Uh, so while having this highly analytical career, I was still having this heart filled experience right alongside. And um, about five years ago, I decided to give that more life. I just, I had to ask myself a hard question. If I got to the end of my life with my professional accolades, great. But if I had never really given the time and space to what made me light up, what made my heart come alive, what I saw offered transformation in people when I would create these events and these experiences. If I never gave that the honor, the time, the space, the energy more than my crumbs, would I be satisfied at the end of my life? And of course the answer was no. So I decided to create a more formalized container for this nebulous concept that's now Kirby and Go. And that took me on a pretty extensive journey. Um, And we'll get more into some other parts, but about three years ago, um, that journey took another pretty drastic turn, which then um, gave me some mental clarity. One of my favorite quotes is simple but it says adversity introduces a man or a woman to themselves and that's where I found myself in the middle of a personal tragedy that um, caused me to ask some really hard questions about how I wanted to spend my time how I wanted to utilize my gifts the community I wanted to cultivate uh, and that thus gave birth to another chapter of my entrepreneurial journey. But that's a very high-level overview of who I am, where I've been, and where I am now, and I'm sure we'll impact a little bit more of that as we continue our conversation.
1: Well, I love that you shared, because reading, I was like, biology major, like, how did she shift from that? That had to be, was it scary? I mean, I, I think you have to be really brave to jump into being so successful, being so um, good at what you were doing in that field, in healthcare, Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. walking away from it and starting over. Mm -hmm. I I think that had
2: to be, was it scary in a way? (laughs) Yes. The honest answer is yes. That was scary. Uh, And for, for a long period of time, again, I like options. I thought, well, I'll do both. Right. There were literally times that I would, Walk into a conference room at this major medical center for like a 10 a.m. meeting and start the meeting. And then, like, somebody would lean over and be like, Did I just see you on TV this morning? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I'd stop by the, the news station to do segments on television about <laughs> this passion project and then yeah. go run my meetings. And so, for a period of time, I did do both. And that offered me. Uh, energy and clarity. And I just never was that person who looked forward to five o'clock and going home and um, just sitting on the couch and watching Netflix. Like that was never my passion. If that is more power to you. So it it gave me like a new life, a new lift. It was really beautiful to bring this part of myself online in another way. So for a long period of time, I held both. But as I mentioned, a few years ago, there was an, an event that Um, Changed everything. I got a phone call that there had been a tragic car accident here in Nashville that involved both of my parents, my mother and my stepfather. And so, in that moment, that phone call changed everything for all of us. And over the course of the next few hours, it was very touch and go for both of them. And I found myself in the role uh, following that, after my mother came out of a coma after being in one for about six weeks. My stepfather, them asking me what his final wishes would be. As we crossed that bridge, and as I slept in the tier one trauma medical center that I dedicated my professional career, and now I'm sleeping in it as a family member, living right inside of a lot of the systems and practices that I helped design and that I helped implement, that was a fundamental shift. So I found myself in that space becoming an advocate, also being able to utilize those years of my healthcare experience, my technology experience but then overarching that experience as a daughter who was willing to fight. And all along that path, I was still working. I literally would sleep in the hospital room. And I think autopilot came online. I'd sleep in the hospital room, wake up, go on 7 a.m. rounds, take a shower, walk across campus, run my meetings, and rinse and repeat. But it was through that process that gave birth to the Nourish book that you mentioned. Yes. Because while I was able to do that, and again, if somebody's listening, if you can identify with this, I hope you take the deepest breath that you've taken all day and just know that you're not alone. On that experience, I felt as though I was suffocating in plain sight. I was able to keep the balls in the air professionally. Right. I was able to go room to room with both parents and, and try to make the best decisions possible. I lived out of this little bag Lord knows how much sodium I consumed eating out of the cafeteria over those months. And people kind of applauded how I was handling things. But little did they know, like I was fading. I was fading. And that's one of the the hardest feelings that you can experience when people who love you and genuinely care about you can't really access your true lived experience. Now, uh, if there are any other high performers listening to this, we know we're pretty good at putting on that veneer that that offers a separation for those from those people who really care about you. But I—that was a, the loneliest I'd ever felt, um, and I didn't know how to put any of that down. Uh, and so, the realization that no one was coming to save me, no one, in a way that I could feel. was a very sobering realization, but then that turned into a very powerful realization because then I started to realize, okay, I'm the most broken I've ever felt. I'm staring at the pieces of my life, a life that I'd prepared for that, that now I'm duct taped together going through the day. How do I come back from this? So that's where that word nourish that had been one of my favorite words for years Started yes. to come online, and it's like, okay, well, how do how do I start? How do I nourish myself? And as you mentioned before, that's physical, that's spiritual, that's the conversation we have internally, that's the conversations we have with those around us, um, in addition to what we put into our body. So I started to meditate on that word and that concept, and I started writing. I've always been a writer, um, but if if you have the opportunity to pick up uh, a nourished guide at any point on this journey, just know that you're holding a piece of my heart and soul from one of the hardest chapters of my life. But I do believe that when we are broken in that way, there are gifts that that pain can leave behind. And so for me, it was very cathartic to externalize some of that into a written form. Now, did I know that it would eventually make it into a physical form that now is in various countries, it's cool to get those selfies. I didn't, but I knew that I needed something. I knew the pace that I was running and the way that I was feeling very alone, that something had to change. And that's where writing came online. And, and now you fast forward, uh, here we are talking on a podcast about a real physical book project. Uh, but that's a little bit about that next chapter of the journey and what brought me here.
1: I read about the tragedy, and I think when you say, even when you're talking through it, suffocating, being, I don't want to say stuck, but stuck in the sense that you're doing all the things for everyone else, and you're kind of on that autopilot. Mm -hmm. How do you feel like, because I think that there's probably been some people that I know that maybe not that tragedy, but they're, they're going through something, they're going through one of those life um, moments that they have to overcome and get over. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they would know how to stop, breathe, even recognize it. Do mm-hmm. you feel like? Do you remember what led to the switch from being on autopilot and survival mode? Mm-hmm. And on that one other question, in the sense mm-hmm. of with your mom um, and your stepdad, when you start to have the moment of knowing you you are broken and that you need to take care of yourself but you have two people that you love who are in a terrible situation themselves mm-hmm. how do you realize that it's not selfish to take care of yourself to look inward so that you can do your best for them i think sometimes when people are in that self um you know they're a, they're a caregiver they get stuck in the moment of not realizing that they need to nourish their That's own That's right yeah. So how did that, what did that look like? Yeah, that
2: continues to be a journey. That yeah. uh, I will share a little bit about kind of the, the exit ramp off of that path. Um, but what you said is so true. And I, this is true for both genders, but especially women. But I, I kind of like to give space for anyone who can identify with the experience where you perhaps were taught Uh, You go down in flames, and that shows how much you care. If you smell of smoke and you're a pile of ashes, you did it right. Mm -hmm. And I grew up seeing that. My mom was a martyr in a certain sense um, and carrying on our family after multiple tragedies. And she also was a homicide detective. Oh, my gosh. So she didn't have all that soft, squishy part. It was, you keep going,
1: no matter what.
2: And I am thankful for that in some aspects, but there's a certain realization and something just kept coming to my mind that the very things that helped save me could also have starved me. And that's a hard paradox to sit with. Right. That that push through saved me. It helped me react. It helped me drive to the scene of the accident. It helped me make the right phone calls to get them rerouted to our hospital to make sure they got the optimal care with people that I'm on a first name basis. and could call cell phones and get people in the room. It saved, saved me and hopefully I, I saved them. It came online and I was able to react. But it also starves me a bit because in the moments where I probably should have slowed down, cried. Yes allowed myself to fall apart a little bit, I set it up and kept going. So I I believe if we sit with these paradoxes and realize that it's not always black and white. And maybe if we heal our relationship with checking just one discrete box, perhaps we can move more fluidly between this experience. And so it was a point on that journey where I felt as though I was not sure how I was going to make it through another day. I literally would go through that process that I told you day after day. And sometimes that walk across campus from their hospital room to my office, I'd stop by my SUV, cry, put on more concealer and eyeliner and go run a meeting like I was unaffected. Right. But then there was just this notion that kept coming up like this, this isn't sustainable. You're (laughs) you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. And the people that i'm i'm responsible for at this point as i'm looking at both of them too who were vivacious doing their own thing now not even able to make their own basic decisions they deserved a version of me that was integrated hydrated rested and clear yes that's the shift right We're taught that if you throw yourself in, if you don't eat, if you look disheveled, if you, then that shows you really care about those kids. That shows that you really care about your parents. Oh, your job. If you can just talk about how you worked all weekend with your laptop and barely ate and took your cell phone and answered emails at your kids' practice. Ooh, that shows that, that shows that you're really committed. I decided to break up with that um, notion. One of the things that did help along that journey um, was the dedication to um, listening. My mom, after she came out of that coma um, and just started to be able to move, it was hard for her to hold her own eyes open. She was on a trach and couldn't speak. And they thought she would never regain that ability. But thank goodness for the background that I had to be able to say, okay, science, I got you. I believe the stats that you out there. I know them. But there's also this other room (laughs) that I'm willing to step into, but I was committed to listening. And I told you I was on autopilot and said yes to things that I probably shouldn't have said yes to during that period of time. There was one particular invitation to do some public speaking while I'm in the midst of this. My mom had regained consciousness and was starting to be able to speak again. And I was literally getting ready to go speak to this group of 100 plus people, and then come right back to the hospital. And I told her where I was getting ready to go. And I said, Mom, if you had the opportunity to go stand in front of this group, what would you want them to know? What would you say? And she said, her voice not sounding like her own yet. She said, life. I'd remind them how painfully short it is. I mean, you can't have those experiences and remain unchanged. Right. And so when I think about that idea of how short it is, we get up and we spend a currency that's not renewable, no matter how smart, rich, talented, connected you are, no one's been brilliant enough to figure that out. So for waking up, and spending this every day, even the monotony of things that we kind of get lost in and kind of joke about that's actually really kind of expensive because you're spending this currency that you don't get back. So with that notion and with that knowing that cuts through really any veneer that you can put up, I had to take a hard look at how I was spending my time, the feelings that I was running from, the the knowing and the nods for my bigger purpose and gifting and what I loved, the things that I had flirted with and kind of thwarted and given like a diluted space in my life. Like, see, I'm doing it. Right. I have to take a hard look at that and say, am I being honest? Am I being honest? If I know this for sure, that life is short, it's fleeting that this really does matter. Am I being honest with how I'm spending my time? Am I being honest in how I'm showing up in my relationships? Am I being honest with honoring my own hopes and dreams right alongside this tragedy. And it was through some of that reckoning and slowing down and asking those really hard questions. Some of them felt like they were laced in razor blades, those hard questions. And prior to that, I would ask the hard questions, but then I'd get too busy before I allowed myself to really answer them. But in this space, I slowed down and I started to listen and I started to ask the questions and then leave room for the answers. And that was really the catalyst for uh, taking better care of myself And I'm still on that journey. That was a catalyst to giving real honest attention and time and vulnerable contribution to my dreams. But it was just like, if I am going to be in this human experience, if I can sustain the depths of the sadness that I'm sitting in, I have to believe that it can be just as good. And I have to believe that this was not a mistake, that this isn't without purpose. And so I'm going to show up and respond in that way. That's how I plan to wake up and spend my time and days. Now, being a a primary caregiver for a paralyzed person is daunting. And that's still my role today. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's easy for us to want to protect ourselves. And I don't have children, but I've heard this from my friends who have kids. And they're just like, ah, some days you just don't even know how you got to the end of the day. Um, And you can kind of get lost. You kind of protect yourself because you don't want to have to do all these things and then be exhausted and then do it again. And that's where I found myself. It's, it's very hard to uh, wake up and think about someone before you think about yourself, be kind of hyper vigilant all the time. That's not really prime fertile ground for nourishing your, your dreams. And so I started to repeat a mantra to myself that's simple, but it helps because I kind of can run the play of the day. And I'm sure parents, caregivers, even if you're not responsible for someone outside of yourself, if it's just a succulent or a dog, but if you're dedicated to something in your life, you may also wake up and feel like, oh, this is Groundhog Day. We're going to do the same things. The results might be marginally different. I don't think that's a safe place for our dreams, our hopes to grow. So I started to repeat to myself, it feels the same. I know when the alarm clock goes off, I've got six o'clock medications. I've got a diaper to change. I've got a feeding tube to flush, I've emails to answer. It feels the same. It feels right. the same, but it's not the same. But the reason why it's not the same is, yes, I'm responsible to do all those things on that checklist, but the reason why it's not the same is because to be able to put my hand on my own chest and feel myself breathe, to be able to put my feet on the ground and walk on my own I sleep across from a hospital bed from someone who doesn't have that option anymore. The reason that I am given that opportunity is because it's not the same. And if I honor the fact that it's not the same, that this is a new day, there are new conversations to be had, there are new opportunities to be realized, there are new things to be grateful for. While it may feel the same, it is not the same, and that really helps me. So hopefully, someone who's listening, if you, if you, I give it to you to borrow. If you feel as though you're on autopilot or kind of stuck or feeling like, what is the point? I invite you to borrow that and then find those opportunities for gratitude and awe throughout the day. Those are essential ingredients to living a more wholehearted life. What can you be really grateful for? For me, that gratitude practice started at the bedside when I couldn't sleep and I'd hear the machines and I'm concerned, did I make the right decision? And all of these things. And I'd start to think, I'm grateful that my career allowed me to at least give them a fighting chance at the best medical center. Right. I'm thankful for this blanket. It literally got to the point that I'm thankful for this extra blanket that my friends gave me as they ambushed me because they know I wasn't hydrating and they knew that I didn't have blankets up there. I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful that I'm cared for beyond this scenario. So I'm telling you, I'm not giving you this puppies and rainbows version of a gratitude practice. I'm telling you this was born out of the cracks of the darkest part of my life. So we can feel gratitude for something today and, and really hold on to it. And then awe, that's the other side of that coin. What can surprise you today? When you get surprised and to nerd out a little bit on the science side, that, that opens up another neural pathway and it opens up a new option. And then you have new possibility. And so that's what the basis of it feels the same, but it's not the same really means to me. I hope that's useful for your listeners as well. Um, and it was out of that notion that allowed me to write a project when the days felt the same. <laughs> Cause if you, I looked at just the, the bare bones of things, it'd be like, this isn't possible. Um, but here we are. <laughs> so I love,
1: I have so many things to say. First of all, I love the universe and the way that it works. It's, and maybe, I mean, everything that you learn, every connection, every experience, you always bring yourself to the table and, you know, you internalize it in some ways. But it's funny how I feel like a lot of times we have the guests on at the right moment of what mm-hmm. I need to hear, I hear as you. well. Okay. Um, And so the monotony and the, you know, single parenting it with mm-hmm. kids. And my mom also, my dad is a caregiver for my mom, but my mom's in a wheelchair and and not at the extent, but just even listening to you talk about that, like he is in that space of doing all the things for her every single day. Mm-hmm. And like, I have a tremendous, um, tremendous, you know, just in awe of how well he takes care of her and all the <sighs> things that he does, but just hearing you even talk about all those things and hearing some of the things, you know, what surprised you today that it is different every day, all those little things like your magic, your magic. This is why I had oh. you. So when you started um, you know, going through this process of realizing that you needed to nourish yourself, bedside, however that looked, and gratitude, I think gratitude is such an important thing because I think it even if it's for the blanket or whatever that yeah. thing is, taking the moment to like really realize, you know, your book is full of recipes and journal prompts and affirmations. Mm-hmm. Did the writing come first or did the book come first in the sense of did you just start releasing some of this? onto pages and um you obviously already had the love of cooking and you were and you wanted to leave this job and go into some of those things that fed you, fed your soul, but you knew would also nourish others around you. Because I think, you know, all the things that you do are really about connections, experiences, nourishing other people, yeah. even though nourishing yourself,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know what came first? Yeah.
2: Um, uh it's it's hard to pinpoint but um if i had to put it in sequential order i'd say the writing came first i've always been a writer i've always found a way to express myself through writing whether that's through journals or um other mediums and i've always had just this deep deep love for it and before this happened i was still prior to all of this and life changing Alongside my corporate career, I was already being invited to be a keynote for different events and a public speaker for different events. And following each one of those, people would be like, Okay, where's the podcast? Where this where's the book? And I'm like, Okay, it's not there yet. And then you insert this yeah. life altering thing. And I was still doing the public speaking and still doing podcasts. And those requests still came through, but then I took them a little bit more seriously. And then when I thought about kind of this what felt daunting to write this, this longer memoir, which is under works. Um, if you're familiar with the author Donald Miller, who's become a friend and a mentor, uh, every chance he gets, he's like, How's the book coming? I, <laughs> I that. was on his podcast last year and uh, he threw me a curveball. The things that I thought we were going to talk about as we were counting down into his podcast, he said, I don't want to talk about any of that. And I was like, What are we going to talk about? Is <laughs> it your book? I said, okay, so there's a whole episode out there with Donald Miller about a more extensive book project that is still in my head, my heart, little pieces of it are out in the world, so when it came to nourish, I felt as though some of these things that I was doing, some of these practices, um, people get freaked out by the word ritual, but really it's just a fancier version of routine, things that were accessible that helped me feel human and whole, even if it were for just 20 minutes at a time. I started to write about them. So Nourish, before it was in this form, was yep. in a handwritten journal. Then it was in a spreadsheet. And then it was, you know, because the analytical side of me, you got to give me a spreadsheet. So I had these different tabs for these different concepts and would just write. Many of yep. these things came through me at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning after I did the bedtime routine for my mom and could light a candle and cry a little bit and write. And then I started to think, okay, well, what would this look like altogether? Because again, back to options, I didn't want to have solely a cookbook. It wasn't going to be solely a journal with just blank pages. Like I had something to say. I had guided prompts. And then affirmations have helped me, again, be able to speak words, even if they felt foreign when they were coming out initially. You keep repeating them. You get to see a bit of yourself in those affirmations. And that was a highly personal part of my journey to kind of coming out of that dark place. So I had something to say about affirmations. So I was like, well, what, what does that look like if you put them all together? Yeah. Check all the boxes, D, all of the above. And that's where this nourish guide really came to life. Um, so the writing and the experience and the knowing that there was an appetite for a physical product out in the world, because that continued to come in after podcasts and public speaking, knowing that the, the larger book project still is is in the head and heart and being processed. Being able to have a tangible, accessible guide that is still a piece of my heart and soul where there are agreements at the very beginning of it that helps me that I offer to you and ask you to sign your name as you enter into the journey. There are three pages of small, accessible rituals that you can start to implement the day you get the journal because for me, as I was kind of crawling out of this, I was like, I don't want another spend $2,500 for this course for transformation or in six months, you can become this new person. I'm like, what can I have right now? Yeah. That's within arm's reach because I'm kind of at my bare minimum right now. So if you ask me to commit to this in order for transformation to happen, it's not going to happen, but what's within arm's reach that I can look at differently that can offer transformation. So there are three pages of those suggestions in the book. Um, So for me, it was important to get that out into the world soon. And on the, on Nourished, you'll see that it says volume one, because there's an intention uh, to roll out additional volumes. But that's a little bit about kind of that sequence, the experience and the writing happened. And then there was this kind of light bulb moment to put it out in this combined fashion. So it's, not just a cookbook, not just a journal, not just affirmations, it's uh, this collection of all of those elements.
1: Okay. I love that. I feel like I want you to tell us before I forget, how do we get the book? I I even think myself, like I want to order a few copies because it is holiday time. And this is like such a great, amazing gift to start the new year off for, I'm thinking of a few friends of mine um, to really just go into the next year with, I like that concept of like, you can't change everything in a day, but putting some of those things in place, um, for life. So how do we get the book? Yeah. And I will, I will post this for all of you as well <laughs> underneath the podcast with the link. Um, but, but I'd love for you to share that.
2: Yeah. Thank you for, for that invitation to share that. So nourish is available on Amazon. So you can order your own copy or like you said, I've just tears that come to my eyes as I get, Screenshots and pictures from people who have ordered multiple copies to give away as gifts. So that's available on Amazon. And if there's anyone listening, because this is a conversation I've, I've had to navigate here recently, if you are a store owner or a boutique or owner, they've been coming out of the woodwork and reaching out saying, Hey, we want to copy, we want copies to offer yeah. our audience that comes in in person. So there's a pathway for that um, that's handled through my website. If you want to order a bulk number, to, um, have as a part of your shop, or if you have a lot of friends (laughs) that you want to give away and you want a cost break at a bulk number that's available as well. And then there will be some, I host nourish nights here in Nashville. And so if people are in the Nashville area, I'd love for them to connect and know how they can come in person. I don't know when this will go live, but I'm actually hosting one November 19th at Donald Miller's uh, venue. And then there'll be some virtual nourish nights that'll be coming on soon where we can just collectively come in the space and pour into each other. Uh, What's one of my greatest joys in life to help guide the conversation. We'll go through some of those guided prompts and affirmations uh, because it's really beautiful to see what happens when people come into a space and are reminded that it's safe to be human. For this period of time, whatever feelings that you have are welcome. And it's really beautiful to see what happens I um, was invited to teach at a retreat in Italy in September to teach out of Nourish. And it was really beautiful to see men and women from around the world get to experience this type of setting where it's just like, we're just slowing down for about 90 minutes, to remember that we're human, to remember that our feelings matter and they have something to teach us. Uh, And so I'm going to take that type of experience and offer it in a virtual, uh, virtual sense as well. So hopefully people will follow along with the journey for those announcements as well.
1: Yes, and we'll definitely tag so people can follow you and follow the journey, follow everything you're doing get what's next. I love you put volume one because you're so yeah. in all things that you're like, I'm putting it out there now so that everyone knows volume two is coming. So one of the questions that I always like to ask is what do you know for sure? Mm. Um, but I think that you even kind of semi said when you were talking today, like what I know for sure, like you, you even said that, mm. but you know, you have been so vulnerable and I'm sure that that is in nourish as well. Just so vulnerable of feelings, being real, how it did feel through that tragedy, through that journey, and even through having a job that you were very successful in, but knowing that it wasn't feeding your spirit and feeding your heart. Okay. And, um, you know, even sharing the fact of being brave and scared and jumping and doing all the things. So I appreciate you so much sharing all Thank those you. things. Um, you know, if you were going to leave the listeners and you've mm-hmm. left us with so many things, there's a few episodes that there are days that I'm like, okay, I need to go back and listen to one of our own episodes, one of our own guests. And this will definitely be one Thank that you. I come back to that. I take notes. I'm so excited for all of my friends. FYI, you know, one of your holiday guests, it's, <laughs> it's happening now, but what would you, you know, what would you like to leave our listeners with, um, just, I, I'm not even going to guide you because I know that you what you say will be more than
2: what I could guide you to say. Well, I appreciate that invitation to share that. Uh, if I had to leave them with something, I would, I'd invite them to slow down. Even if it's while listening to this podcast or following, slow down and know that it's safe to be all of what you are designed to be. Even if that doesn't make sense in the context in which you find yourself, what I know for sure is that when I started to go back and gather the pieces of me that I'd shaved off in deference to being a caregiver, a daughter, a high-performing employee, a volunteer, all those pieces that I started to, to recollect and dust off and say, "Ooh, I recognize you, I recognize her and live that more integrated life, there's no feeling that that parallels that. And not only do you deserve that, but everyone who's in your sphere of influence who really cares about you, they deserve that integrated version of you as well. So that's why the the subtitle of the book is intentionally named A Guide to Coming Home to Yourself. Because I'd like to just debunk that lie that we have to be this one dimensional shaved down, diluted version of ourselves. You were gifted with so many different curiosities and um, you kind of came with that. That was in your starter pack. So if I could leave you with anything, it's slow down, take a deep breath, give time and space to all of you and all of your feelings and know that they're valid and know that they have something to teach you. That's what okay, I think.
1: Well, I loved today. You have no idea how much I needed to hear so many of these things. So inspiring. I'm so excited um, to give this book, to share this with all of our listeners. You. You're an incredible woman. I can't even believe how amazing you are. I appreciate for you sharing um, all that you had. And I can't wait to follow your journey and see what you do
2: next. Thank you. I appreciate you. And I can't wait to connect with your listeners because people like you have an amazing tribe. So (laughs) I look forward to it. And thank you for having me today. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much to Kirby for carving out the time to jump on the pod. We will link her book nourish down in the show notes. And also there is a link to opt into our newsletter to hear more about Kelly and I, uh, we are actually going to see each other in real life very soon. Kelly is coming out to the West Coast just for a little trip. And she's got me on her calendar. So I'm super excited about that. If you love hearing the sound of my voice, check out the Expecting Aerialist podcast. It's my other podcast, uh, Motherhood, Postpartum, Pregnancy, if you want to hear all about that, especially in a, in a population of women who uh, are obsessed with one sport, Uh, and if you would please honor us with a five-star rating and a review anywhere you got your podcasts. If you're on Apple, just go into the app, just give us a five-star rating and a review really quick. It means so much to us. It is so helpful. We'll highlight you on our website. All right, my friends have an amazing December, uh, week of December. The holidays are just barreling towards us as fast as I can keep up with it. So um, I wish you well. We'll see you next time over and out. This is Greener Grass Podcast.